Happy New Year! Hello, humans, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode number 80, a big round number for a new year. Uh, Welcome to 2021. Fingers crossed, and I'm not going to say anything else. We are recording on Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, in the past, in a year that is gone and forgotten to all of you who are listening. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Stern, and this week, we are going to be talking about our favorite games of 2020. I'm so excited. It is yep. the game of the year, Mostly Normal, Normal Gamers podcast for 2020. Joining me are my usual co-hosts. It's so great to say that. I have AJ ID with me. AJ, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'm here for it. You're going above and beyond for us, AJ. I appreciate <laughs> it. We have beaming in from outer space, the one and only John Swanson. John, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me all the way. Hopefully, um, you know, the time what lag isn't too bad here from the moon where the I'm trench. currently residing. The underwater trend. I thought you were underwater really deep. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. What you isn't said. that what the movie Interstellar is about? <laughs> Maybe. And the it. newest member of the bunch, we have Angie joining us again. Angie, how are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm glad everybody's doing fairly well, besides AJ. Sorry, buddy. Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm surviving. Have some cold medicine on us, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you all the lowdown. If you want to be a part of the conversation, or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. If you do not use Twitter, like some people on the podcast occasionally, <laughs> you can send us an old-fashioned email to podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. MostlyNormalGamers.com is our website. Be sure to go check it out. I'm sure there will be more updates in the new year here. Uh, and while you're there, you can also sign up for our newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly. It can also be reached at mngamers.substack.com. You can catch some uh, or all of the old uh, issues of it there. We're on four, and we've got a, a ticking clock here to write our <laughs> our fifth one for, oh for January. Um, this week, we are entering what I've dubbed the mostly normal game of the year, Thunderdome. All it's right. not a very original name. At least it's a, hey, there's a dome and there's thunder. I'm in. <laughs> That's good. That's good. We have concocted, mostly John, a rule set for how we are going to be casting our votes for the show's game of the year. And by the end of this episode, we will crown the game of 2020. We will. I'm going to take a shot at explaining it. Each host <laughs> has secretly chosen their top three games of 2020, as well as three honorable mention games that meant something to them this year that maybe they think could be a game of the year in a different universe, but was never going to get enough votes. However, they wanted to use those slots completely up to them. We are going to take turns and in order from our third place pick, we'll do around the table, starting with Angie asking, Hey, Angie, what's your number three pick? We'll go around to each host. That pick will be awarded one point. The number two pick for each host that will be rewarded with two points. And then the number one game for voting purposes for each host will be rewarded with three points. At the end of the episode, we'll tally up all of those points and crown the number one game for Mostly Normal Gamers. We're going to start with honorable mentions. First, I would like to ask, is everyone clear on the format? I'm pretty sure that I'm clear. I just learned it, though, just along with the listeners. So I brought my games and I'm ready. <laughs> Same. Let's, we're going to dive into it. You're diving into it, Angie, because I'm going to put you oh, in the hot seat. Sh- and I would like to hear for the main event, your number three pick for game of the year 2020. Okay, so I'm under the impression it doesn't have to be a game that came out this year, just a game in general game of the year for 2020, correct? Works I agree me. to this rule. Okay. Yes, I like this rule a lot. You guys are awesome. Okay, so... It was really tough because I played a lot of games recently this year. I mean, not all new ones, but a lot of them. And I've liked a lot of them. But for my number three, I am going with um, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for the Switch. 
Yes. Yes. Finally, someone else who likes this game on this podcast. It is My absolutely exile is fantastic. Yes. Andy, you have no idea how well you're balancing out this podcast. Yes. Chris is so okay. glad you're here. She is Good. the salt to the podcast's vinegar or something. Yeah. I was thinking about salt clear, Angie, earlier. AJ and I are both very glad you're here, too. But uh, Chris especially is, I think. No, Andy, it's fine. You... It's fine. I'll say Chris is okay on here. We're no, both on the uh, Breath of the Wild is overrated bandwagon. <laughs> it's my favorite game ever made. Um, speaking <laughs> of why it's my favorite game ever made, what made it become your number three pick? What stands out to you about Breath of the Wild even oh, three years later? So, okay. I love anything Zelda related for one. I will try, I will try it and give it a shot regardless just because it's zelda um but only playing it like has so much more to do i've played it for so many hours already and i got the game on christmas eve and started playing it on christmas eve there's just so many things you can do with it and um apparently after reading some articles like one of the biggest things you can do in this game is like the cooking aspect of it is where you cook these, you put these ingredients together, together, you make these meals and they can help, but you can make elixirs. They can help your health. They can help your defense. There's so many, it's so intricate. I love how intricate it is versus like, I'm, I'm kind of comparing it to, is it, is it Ocarina? However you say it. Yeah. Of time. Ocarina of time. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I played that many, many times over and over. So I was kind of comparing it to that in itself. And there's just, it's way more intricate. And I love how, how many different pieces come together. And I still haven't found a Pona, which that's one of my goals. Uh, but, I will uh, say like, just real quick, like Link dancing when he's making food. That never gets old. Like, even though I didn't hate that game, to be clear. I just, I do like the cooking. Like, I literally, uh, the ditty that plays while he's cooking just popped yes. into my head as she was talking about the cooking. Yes. Yeah, and his little dance, like, you can't watch that and listen to it and not have a smile on your face. Mm-mm, no, and and the characters that are in it are really interesting, too. Um, it's, it actually brings, if I'm putting this culture in there right, more Japanese feel, which I like a lot. I love that culture. And, like, one of, the, the, one of my favorite meals that I made so far is... Um, I think it was just, I think it's like sushi and rice balls. They're, oh, yeah. They, they look so good, and I just want to eat them, but I can't. It has like that Miyazaki movie yes. food aspect Thank to you. it, where you just like see the food, and you're like, that's the best looking food I've ever seen. And the fact that they have it like in this Zelda game is so cool to me. Exactly. And I think I think because I'm a, I've grown to be a huge Studio Ghibli fan where this kind of had that feel. And I just loved it. I loved it a lot. And I, I can't get over it. And I actually, after I'm done here, I'm going to go start playing it until <laughs> who knows when. You definitely like touched on something that I don't think I quite put into words of like that. The fact that it does feel like a Ghibli movie, I think, touches on a lot of what I appreciate about yeah. the way the story's told. And especially, I mean, the visuals are very like painterly and kind of the way that he can use color in those movies yeah very studio i want to make sure i give credit to to the jib like his ghibli studio is i've seen a documentary of how hard they all work on his movies together oh yeah same um anyways amazing pick i wait real quick is is that miyazaki different from the miyazaki from from software yes yeah okay i think it's hitataki miyazaki at from and this is heyo miyazaki okay gotcha studio ghibli I think this um, is the second time I've had to clarify that, make that distinction. Good. I do want to give just a quick shout out, Angie. If you have not played Nino Kuni: Wrath of the White Witch and you like Ghibli, couldn't recommend it any higher. What was that? What was the game again? It's called Nino Kuni: Wrath of the White Witch. It's actually on sale for like fifteen bucks, but that might be over. On and they ported it to Switch, but it was a PS3 Japanese RPG that literally Studio Ghibli did all the art for. And it, okay, so I'm going to look on Switch. Yes. Sweet. I think it's I on sale still. Well, um, I'll look that up because that's... Okay, awesome. Anyways, John, I would like to go to you next. What is your number three pick for 2020's Game of the Year? Uh, I'm going to go with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ooh. Nice. Because, Solid pick. Yeah, 
mm-hmm. it's really um, not turned on me. Like it, I've always, I thought it was a good game when I started it. Um, but it's definitely on the level of Odyssey from a gameplay standpoint. And the story is so much more well done. And the depth of not only the characters, but the world that you can explore Mm -hmm. and everything that you can do in that game. Like I tweeted earlier today, like some people say I took a screenshot of the IGN, like interactive map and it's just like a mess of icons. And like some, like I said, some people might say this is too much to do, but like, if you think about it, like you're paying $60 for that experience. And I mean, there's probably four or 500 hours worth of, video game in there you literally got like every um piece of wealth and explored every mystery and got every item in there like you're talking about hundreds of hours so all for 60 bucks and that's all they ask of you i think that's um really good and i think the writing as far as the story goes is on the level of maybe i mentioned this last week but if you're a fan of like fantasy novels like uh, um brandon sanderson or like George R. R. Martin is one the guy like everybody Robert knows. Jordan. Yeah, Robert Jordan, like the Wheel of Time series or Patrick Rothfuss. Like if you are a fan of those, I feel like this game is completely in your wheelhouse. So um it obviously doesn't have like dragons or anything. It's not high fantasy like Skyrim, but it's just your basic uh fantasy, I guess. But i think it's fantastic. I think AC has um, has done really well in that aspect, making the world feel like another world in a very, like I said earlier, and for, you know, Breath of the Wild, but aesthetically pleasing. You can do so many things, but this world is so fantastic. They did a really great job developing all of the things that you can do and see within yeah. any Assassin's Creed game, like, especially as of late. So I feel like they do a really good job over there for sure. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I know Assassin's Creed is very popular, and I don't think it has any trouble selling or anything, Mm-mm. but I don't feel like it gets enough accolades amongst the, like, game game review community, or community or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, the IGNs yeah, or game spots of the world um, just kind of seem to ignore it, it seems like, so. Yeah, I think um, you're, I think you're right. I, I believe it, it's worth a shout out, especially their last two um, installments, so. I love a good Patrick Rothfuss shout out, by the way. So solid. You've made me want to play it more by comparing it to his books. Well, good. Um, that was my goal. AJ, <laughs> I'd like to hear from you next. What What is your number three pick for 2020's game of the year? Um, I chose Final Fantasy VII Remake oh. as my third. Good. Um, nice. Yeah, for lots of reasons. I mean, like, I already knew how the game was going to play out for the most part. And it's still, like, what I did with this list is, like, a bunch of random stuff. But, like, one of the things was I just, like, looked back to remember, like, what, like, just made me, like, feel and have the most fun. And Final Fantasy VII Remake did both of those things um just with like the music alone so like forgetting even the gameplay and like which is awesome you know john talks about like how like intuitive it is like when you're switching back and forth between the the characters and i don't know i i think at one point maybe even like reference the combat to like a dance you're almost like dancing with these characters like switching back and forth like oh i'm like uh what's the word I guess like chasseing between them. Chasseing, <laughs> yeah. I like, do agree. Like once you get into the rhythm of switching, or even like once you really get into the rhythm and you're just like using the triggers to pull up the quick menus to fire off people's ATB abilities without even mm-hmm. switching characters, yeah. It just starts to sing and like it has that like the moment when you start doing that is one of the best flow states I've ever felt in a Mm -hmm. video game. Yeah. It's unbelievably good. I may have more to say about this game later, by the way. (laughs) Um, And I'm glad I, I wavered on my third pick a lot. So I'm glad we have the honorable mentions, but 
Final Same. Fantasy VII is my third. <laughs> Dude, I'm really glad that you picked that too because I was I spent like last night I just realized that or remembered that Final Fantasy VII remake came out this year and had a spent a lot of time like laboring my brain between AC and that one. So I'm very glad that you recognized it up there because it definitely sure. deserves it. It's definitely like a very 2020 game in the sense that the year was so long that people forgot it yeah, came out this year. It's so long ago. It, dude, like, that's what I meant by, like, thinking back to what made me happy. I was just like, what games did I have fun playing in this fucking seven-year year? Yep. I was thinking about this game actually earlier today. I've never played it, but I just heard so many great things about it. And I've just, I've never actually played the Final Fantasy series in general. I just keep hearing amazing things about it. So one of these days I'll just have to pick it up. You have Game Pass, right? I do, sir. I do. I think that technically means you have Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9 at your fingertips. Oh, sweet. I guess Uh, I haven't really checked it out. And... I, my understanding is if they're anything like the Final Fantasy 12 that I have on Switch, they have like a speed up the combat animations feature mm-hmm. that just makes playing through it a breeze. <laughs> um, I am actually like eagerly waiting to play Final Fantasy 9. So maybe we could both play through that at the same time because I oh, haven't played that one. Book club. Uh, yeah. Uh, secrets. Um, <laughs> AJ, anything else you want to do to heap praise on 7 Remake? Or can no, I, I don't think so. It's just amazing. I mean, even the, I, think, I guess even the graphics are, I guess I, I would heap on a little bit for that. The praise for the graphics, because like there's other games that came out this year that weren't like up to the par in that respect, like for what's supposedly our next-gen games. And I don't know. Final Fantasy 7 Remake was a beautiful and everything I wanted it to be, I guess. And they're remaking the story too, man. Like that's mm-hmm. the cool thing is it's the title. There's something in the title too, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. My number three game of this year, after much hemming and hawing and a little bit of metagame strategizing about the rules that I've made up for this list, is Animal Crossing New Horizons for the Nintendo Switch. That's a good one. And I was showering today. And as I got out of the shower, I realized how I'm going to encapsulate why this game is so important to me. All right. <laughs> Let me think about you in the shower first and then tell me the story. Please do. All right. Thanks. Um, so that's the appropriate order to do it. I think. <laughs> 2020 has been a strange year for everyone. And part of that strange year for me involved moving back in my parents' basement for six months. Um, and then very shortly after having my girlfriend move in, um, at the start of lockdown with me at my parents' house for five months. Um, and animal crossing new horizons was basically there for all of that time that my girlfriend and I were sharing this space with my parents. Um, and I don't know about any of you, but I certainly have a very positive relationship with my parents have always had a positive relationship with them, but still just don't need to be around them 24 seven anymore now that I'm an adult. Um, And Animal Crossing New Horizons let me and my girlfriend create a virtual space that was ours. Interesting. You know? I like this. I like this angle. I do, yep. It, we had complete, like, I mean, eventually once you get far enough in the game, you have complete control over how this game um, presents itself visually. The island becomes literally you're you're doing um, terraforming of the island and creating your rivers and your waterfalls and um, land masses and little islands, you know, to a certain extent within your own space. And um, in a year where uh, I went on from sharing that space with my parents in the physical world to then just sharing space in like a one bedroom apartment with my girlfriend for the first time of us just living together. It was almost in a little bit of a dumb way, like a trial run for that, but it also had like a lot of meaning. Um, I also want to like, just talk about the cultural moment that this game had of um, all of Twitter at once playing the same game. Yeah. Just like shook me and the amount of like amazing 
content that came out of it, whether it was super cool fan art um, or like people like showing off their, like their islands and their designs. Or um, I mean, even like the person who recreated the, the link to the past Zelda map as their island in this game, like. Dude, shout out Mark Schull. He made a mostly normal sweater. <laughs> yeah. And then like. That game beyond that right like joe biden and kamala harris running up like a campaign office out of animal crossing um people on reddit creating a stock market predictor for the turnip sales yeah <laughs> they created a formula that accurately predicts when your peak prices are going to be and then out of that created a queue system for people to queue up going to each other's islands like I think with 2020 being the longest year ever, the moment that this game had has been a little bit. For, I mean, Gary Widow was on your show during the peak of animal talking. Like he made a talk show in this game. 2020 has been so long that there have been a number of other games that kind of had a cultural moment after this. I want to think about Fall Guys. I want to think about Among Us, right? Like, but I do think Animal Crossing was the first in that train. And because it was the first, it is forgotten for the magnitude of that impact a little bit. I also want to say that when KK Slider comes to your island and plays that concert, I literally cried. <laughs> and everyone hates Tom Nook and I hate Tom Nook too. But when he talks about like, I'm a, like, he gets so excited about KK Slider coming and is such a big fan that I was like, wow, this game just like humanized him a little bit, but it, he's still gross. But like, I get it. Like you're a big fan of this artist. And like, I don't know. The yeah, music I don't in that game is so alone in Being the one, like the only one who got sentimental over that, because I think it was like the culmination of the game was the culmination of like the things going on at that time for a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, cause it hasn't only been, the coronavirus it's also been the terrible shit that's happened within our own city here in minneapolis and twin cities yeah. like um but i think a lot of people got that because it was like the culmination of that their escape for from all of everything going on was that game and kk slider coming to your island was like the culmination of it yes and like the last thing i'll say is like I don't know if it would have hit the same if I didn't have my, like, I think 2003 or 2001, whenever the first one for GameCube came out, like that game meant something to me too. And I have taken a long break from this franchise and like tentatively dipped my toes back in with this one and fell completely back into it. That being said. That's just, number, that's just the third. That's just our third picks. That was some strategizing on my part. I think I could have used the same impassioned speech to put it at my number one spot if I wanted to. And frankly, I'm getting emotional just talking about it. So it might, it might move later on on other lists. Angie, were you going to say something? Nope. Cool. Well, you are now because I would love to hear what your number two pick is. So it's hard to have just three. As you guys know, you were just saying how difficult it was even just choosing what number three would be. Um, I'm going to say Gears 5. Mostly for the multiplayer aspect. The The campaign itself is, is good, um, but the ending was just a little anticlimactic from the previous one. But the mm. online gameplay is fabulous. You're still like actively playing that, right? Oh, yeah. And have and you the game checked iPod out? Actually, came out this year. <laughs> well, they had that big DLC that just came out, the Hive Busters, too. Yep. Um, is that something that you've had a chance to dip your toes in at all? A little bit, um, not as much, but a little bit. The um, the one that <laughs> I think just in general playing like Horde online just is super fun, or just I guess playing versus too. That's good as well. But the um, the Christmas thing that they had going on where it was jingle jubies or a snowball fight. And then you do a couple things where you could get father gears miss. It was awesome. I, um, 
haven't played Gears multiplayer since Gears 2? Gears 3, maybe? I think I rented Gears 3. But there's something so special about that game's series multiplayer. Like, every gun just feels perfect. And they did better um, jobs with them, I will say. But it's it just depends on... It's all about timing, too, with a lot of them. And depending on where you are, what map you're on. Some of the maps, they need to have um, need to work on them. Like, um, I know when I was playing, like, the snowball fight, the, um, like, the Nexus map, there wasn't any spawn swap. So you were spawning. You'd only have six seconds of protection, and all of a sudden, they are just in your spawn killing you if they were overriding your team. So oh, that ooh. just, yeah, it just sucked. And same with the river map. You can't. Um, there was no spawn swap there either, so you were just getting murdered if you are mm. just on a shit team or something. Dang. But other I than that, to, it was I good. need to jump on that with you sometime, maybe, and see. How... Yeah, I I haven't played Gears of War multiplayer since Gears of War Two, and I was always terrible at it. So I think I have like PTSD to strongly <laughs> to come back to it or something from playing but it. That's, yeah, exactly. So it's like let my PS my PlayStation Soul Shine. That's a game I think would that it's a shame it's not on PlayStation at all because it would really um, take advantage of the DualSense controller. Yeah. I feel like that's like the perfect game for like if you didn't actively reload or click the button in the right oh at the right God. timing, like you were Definitely. just talking about, it could lock up and stuff. Imagine yep. like just getting sick feedback when you nail the active reload perfectly. Yeah, exactly. So I think that would be so cool. But um, I really did like the campaign of that game um, a lot. And I don't, I mean, I play shooters basically for the campaign and I'd heard that one was good. So um, nice. Yeah. Same. John. Yeah, it is. It's good. Would you regale us with your number two pick? Sure. I'm going to pick Ori and the Will of the Wisps. No surprise. It's a platformer. Yeah, it's a 2D platformer. For those of you who uh, may not know this already, I'm a big fan of that genre of games, and I don't think very many games have done it any better as far as just how um, frenetic and fast and uh, amazing it feels to play and navigate around that world. Um, and how beautiful that world is. I haven't picked it up but since for a while, um, since March, but um, I apparently Microsoft's done some updates to it, so I'd like to go back to it and play it again. So, um, But yeah, it's fantastic. If you haven't played it, please go play it because it's great. I, I just started it, I think, a couple nights ago or whenever that was. Um, just started it because I wanted to check it out yeah, because it was game of the year, like nominated of game of the year, I think. Didn't win it, obviously, but um, I, what did you, do you remember the the very beginning of that game? Like the first, I think it was like five minutes. Um, yeah, I think I do, because you're like with your buddies and then you kind of like move out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you take one of your friends with you, don't you? So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think it's, is it Koo, the name of the owl? Oh, maybe. K- KU, I believe. Yeah. yeah um, anyway, so you, the owl like can't fly. The, the wing, like the feather, he can't grow his feathers on, on his wing or her right wing or something. And then Ori finds a feather that he, that I think was stashed away from uh, a parent of the owl or something of the sort. It was, he was saving it. Brings yeah, it's from it the first it. game. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I haven't played the first one, so that's why I, was, I got confused. But yeah. So then, he like one of the friends tapes it to the owl's wing, and then the owl's able to fly, and or he goes on the owl's back, and they're all so excited, and they're flying, and then the storm happens, and then they get separated. The the music that goes with it, and how, just like there's little snippets of words, uh, like not even a full sentence. It's just like this happened, and then this happened. It was very emotionally tugging for me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely that. It's so emotionally charged and it pulls at your heartstrings without oh. making a strong, like seemingly like effortlessly. 
Yeah. Yes. I don't know because you just don't really see it coming, and it and it just is so good at that. Between like you said, the music and the visuals. Yeah. Those things, so it's great. Yeah. I would encourage you to go back and play the first one too, because the ending oh, of yeah. the second one is not as good as the ending of the first one. I love the first one so much, and I did get a chance to play maybe like an hour, if not less, of Will o' the Wisps, um, and that intro just captures like what I think Moon Studio does so well, which is like they created like a fairy tale world that's like all encompassing and like it feels like it has the storytelling efficiency of like that sequence that everyone always talks about from the movie up you know yeah oh, oh, yes yep. that's a good analogy yeah both um, of them made me tear up a little softy over here it yeah. is it is like i will be quickly returning to that game as soon as i'm done with like maybe two other games that i'm playing around with right now yeah, you've got the X too, man. Like, that's yeah, so be the great that way patch that you talked about, they like Xbox Series X and S optimized it, and they're doing like 120 frames at 4K oh, or yeah. 60 frames at 6K or 8K or something. Yeah, because um, apparently that it's 6K. I'm pretty sure you're right. Uh, and like that game is so like just like even the start of it, it's like that art style is just pops. So like I can only yeah. imagine that it gets. Oh uh, man better from from there like from the start um aj hit me with your number two. Oh, geez i was actually having so much fun listening to you guys talk about that <laughs> that uh i almost forgot that i had a second pick but i do have one and it's animal crossing oh. um, yeah that's my number two game of the year um for a lot of reasons that chris already explained but also like it was my number one like most hours played game on my switch so like <laughs> i feel like i automatically should give it respect because of that like it's the game i played the most on a console that i spent 600 hours on this year Jeez, so, yeah so i mean i don't really need to elaborate on what chris said before i just think that i don't know just my time in the game is enough i guess for me to pick it for number two isn't the way you said that like so indicative of like it's like a place you visit? Yeah, right. Like it is, and with your friends. And I met friends because of that game. Like, like you mentioned before, the turnip aspect. turnip exchange or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. I was on Twitter like every Saturday, being like, "Hey guys, uh, I met this person called the time traveling turnip, and all <laughs> they do is spend their time, you know, cheating basically on the switch, like." traveling through time like by changing the clock of the switch to trick the game and find like the good prices so mm. i like befriended this time traveling turnip and like basically had a good price every saturday like 500 minimum <laughs> so that's why i actually never really had a problem with tom nook because you know i like found a way around him <laughs> you found he, you he time traveled a, around yeah, him he was not a, I, I didn't the turnip did I never time traveled once in that game, and I'm proud to say it. But neither I did will I. Definitely travel to somebody else's island who has time traveled to sell my turnips there. <laughs> there's, uh, there's just so much to talk about Animal Crossing. Also, shout out Jody. She's from the UK. She's the first person who sold me turnips from their island. Um, she's not a time traveler. She was just a normal person. Uh, <laughs> but the time traveling turnip. <laughs> They are some kind of turnip witch. And if you find them on Twitter, you'll see what I mean, because they wear like a witch outfit and they just stand there next to their little, uh, what's it called? The store. Oh, uh, the Nook thing. Nook's yeah, Cranny. The, yeah, Nook's Cranny. She just stands there by Nook's Cranny and like people lay ba like 10,000 bell bags in front of her. Like... Thank you for letting me come to your island. Here's your here's your money bags. It's too bad they didn't call it the Nookie. <laughs> as an homage to the fantastic Limp Biscuit song from the late nineties. They did it all for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. All for the Nookie. That's all I can what? say about Animal Crossing. I haven't played it. The Nookie? What? The Nookie? Um speaking of the nineties, my number two game 
is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ooh. Which catches me a bit by surprise, but I was reflecting on what... I think my enthusiasm for this game like fell victim to the long year that 2020 was. And I also think I the ending didn't work 100% for me. And I think... I need to get past that and like recognize like there were moments in this game that like I nearly broke out down in tears. Um, I thought they characterized characters that like in the original game, you, you wouldn't even have like batted an eye at. Um, I had crushes on three characters at once, which was so challenging for my brain. Um, And then like, definitely not hard to do in that game, by the way. The yeah, more on all of them, they and like even myself, I'm cloud. cloud, yeah, for sure. <laughs> At, like, I mean, he looks good in a dress, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and like the thing is, like, I don't feel like I have that much to say about this game with the hopes that maybe Angie's like checking out Final Fantasy VII and I don't want to ruin specific story points. But I think the game had, like, to circle back to the combat, like, this game's combat on normal is challenging. Like, it took me a long time to get into the groove with it. And I think the game does so many things so well. Um, But, like, the moments that stand out to me are, like, spending time on what amount to dates doing side quests like in these cool parts of the slums or of you know the different like sub like parts that are underneath the surface of i can't think of you know the disc or whatever and like it just felt so much like a place again to kind of like touch on that feeling of like places in 2020 in like a virtual sense like each of those place, like each of the main hubs and cities in this game had their own distinct feeling and identity and like mm-hmm. felt like they exist in the same world. And like, it's a weird world, dude, but like, it feels <laughs> like a weird world that you get to like go visit. And I also like, despite my frustration with the ending and how much it feels like kingdom hearts and this is coming from a person who like i used to say my favorite game was kingdom hearts 2 um like it just hit wrong but i'm still so excited for what's next and like this is i went from zero to a thousand on this game from like i don't want them to remake it they don't need to do this to like i am ready for what's next and i loved what came before like i loved part one and so that's why it's my number two game yeah, dude, honestly, I think it would have been my number one if it had an ending. Because, like, there's no... There's supposedly, what, three or four more games? <laughs> like, I uh, Have you seen Kingdom Hearts? I think we're we, we're really lucky if we're still alive by the time. Okay, I feel ends. like they're going to do better for this because there's so much money. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I don't know anything about game development. But... My hope is a lot of the character models are done and maybe cross generation though. I don't know. They're going to have to make whole new character models for the next generation. Cause they started this. All right, whatever. This is Do not, we think that's a PS5 exclusive. <laughs> Anyways, continuing on to the moment. Everyone's probably been waiting for. I'm sorry. That's a bad drum roll. Number ones. And I would like to start with Angie again. What is your number one game of 2020? Again, my game isn't the one that has not came, it hasn't came out this year. But what's what's new? Um, I'm going with Master Chief Collection. Ooh! If I could choose <laughs> Halo Infinite that doesn't come out until fall of 2021, I would already. But Master Chief Collection, it is. I don't want to be on this podcast anymore. 
just here's what <laughs> I want to say. All these Xbox fans. <laughs> here's what I want to say about Master Chief Collection. This game also got a huge update this year for mm-hmm. Series X and Series S. And like the thing that I think is magical about Master Chief Collection is these are games literally from my childhood, basically, like from when I was in high school. And I can go back and play Halo 3 and get my teeth kicked in because the people who are still playing this game are very good at it. Mm-hmm. And still, like, the gameplay still is so tight in the multiplayer. It's so good. And the journey that this game has gone on is like the story of the Xbox One PS4 generation of like games that are treated as services that are updated over time and improved on and like take community feedback and grow. <laughs> I I love it. I've been playing it ever since it came out and I've like played all the campaigns. We used to have... Um so much like friends come over bring their xboxes bring a tv and we just have a whole area set up where we playing online or playing the campaign and that just was so awesome and it's still awesome like chris was saying today it's still super great um i will say if i had to choose actually i want to know chris's opinion because he's played it but what would be if you had in the master chief collection what is one game you would choose from there Oh, one game mode or just like which one, if you had to like kill your darlings, which one do you pick? Yeah. This pains me. (laughs) Like it really does because I used to like, I used to stand Halo 2 so hard and like there's like nuances to the way the power weapons respond that I thought were super important when I was in high school to the point that my friend and I had an hours long discussion about why it worked well on a Mm -hmm. vacation once. But um, it has to be Halo 3. I would agree. I would also choose Halo 3. And that's why it's getting three points. So <laughs> does it, Does it? Um, and you're like, correct, Chris, it's exactly like a live service game almost because I think when it first came out, it was not well received on PC, at least. Maybe on Xbox it was, but... No, I think it's just the opposite, John, where... Um, the original, like, because it, it came out pretty shortly after the Xbox One, and I got it right away, and it was a mess. Um, to yeah. the point where, like, it just was like hard to play. Um, the matchmaking, um, and then like I kind of shelved it for a while, and coming back this year, like I also played this game this year. Like, the fact that it lets you filter specific, like, make your own custom playlist for matchmaking is so cool. Yes, and like maybe I'm just not playing enough multiplayer games, but like. The fact that you can be like, I want to play games from Halo 1, Halo 2, but just the original, not the anniversary one, and yep. Halo 3. And I only want to play game modes that are Slayer types or mm. zone control types, but I don't want to play Capture the Flag, but I do want to play Shoddy Snipes, so I'm going to add that in, is like, my brain breaks. And also, they added in Griff Ball. Oh, snap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Griffball is so I'm good. all about Griffball. Also, yes. what's that game mode where like it's like one shot kill? Oh, SWAT. SWAT. That's actually what I liked playing the best. Usually Battle your rifle. BR. Battle BR. rifle on SWAT, yeah. I'm too yep. old. I'm my skills have atrophied too much and I just get punished. Oh, yeah, there's no way I could play now. Yeah. So and to be clear that like because I have it downloaded on my PC currently, because I don't use Xbox Game Pass, I don't mm-hmm. play the games, I just download them and stare at them. And then to go to I have an Xbox out, so. just sitting on my con like for no reason yeah. here. We're like the worst Xbox owners in history. And I buy the indie games anyway. <laughs> exactly. All right. I'm sorry. Exactly. But my point was like they also redid those games, right? Like they look like new gen games, correct? Crisp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of them, yes. 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 The, so I mean, it can only do like so they much. They did what they could. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty bad. One and two both have like the anniversary version, um, which is like a complete visual reskin, and then you can swap between them at will in the um, in the game. I hate to be this person, but oh, no. I am going to say my number one, say my honorable mentions, and leave because I have stuff that I have to do, and I'm a terrible host. I give, me, give us some honorable mentions. Here, I'll just throw the honorable mentions out first, and then I'll do it to build up suspense to my number one game. Okay. Number three is Blazeball. 
What? That's not, not a even one. a game. Yeah. That's I, why I put it in the honorable mentions. All right, fair. <laughs> and the fact that, like, it's a community game, and you all know that I told the story about how the community of this game came together and manipulated its rules to literally do video game necromancy on a dead player is one of my favorite stories of all time. I did like I did like listening to that. Yeah, it's I yeah. I'm had you put it in your like top three, I might have had some uh, something to say about it, but I think as an honorable mention, it's totally acceptable. They had coverage on an NPR show in the morning, and I literally shouted at the top of my lungs with happiness. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. My number, my next honorable mention is Persona Five. Um, for nitpickers, we can call it Royal, even though I didn't play Royal this year. Um, that game touched on a lot of the themes that John was talking about with social movements in a way that felt really resonant. Um, it's stylish as fuck. It is one of my favorite game soundtracks of all time. Um, I really love the gameplay and it just makes me happy. So it's Persona 5, but Royal, if you're going to nitpick about 2020. And uh, the game that I probably could have put in my top three <laughs> was going to be good Sudoku because I've literally played it every day since it came out. Um, and it's the best. Uh Everyone with iOS devices, please get good Sudoku. Um, you know what cracks me up? You're going to be late to pick your girlfriend up because you're talking about Sudoku on your phone. <laughs> it's okay. She'd be happy about it because guess who else plays it every day with me? <laughs> That's a um, in heaven right there, bro. My number one game of 2020 is Hades. Boo. Ah, we're all shocked. It's, it's <laughs> just like... I can't even put into words why I like this game so much. Um, similar to that flow state I felt like I hit with uh, 7 Remake occasionally, um, Hades let me drop into a flow state um, for literally like four successful runs in a row. Once I like did my run from 6 to 10 wins for the credits, um, every single weapon has multiple forms that feel unique and powerful. No build feels bad. No, like every build feels fun and interesting. Um, it was a game that I, every instinct in me said, you're going to optimize this and just look up how to do better when I wasn't finishing it. And instead something clicked at a certain point and I just came up with a plan and that plan worked and it helped me win. I haven't had a boss fight more tense in years, including the boss fight in Jedi, where literally my palms were drenched in sweat and I got up and shouted with pure joy when I beat the final boss for the first time yeah, in this game. Imagine if you lose it, lose to that boss like seven times in a row. I mean, that's what had happened with like literally, right? Um, and just the feeling of accomplishment of going from getting my face pounded in by the first boss, Megara, to not even like thinking about how that fight would go felt like such an accomplishment because the game is challenging and the combat is tight. Um, and like you will get punished for your mistakes. Um, Hades is my number one game. There's a dating sim in this game. I gave all of my romance potions to Sharon the Boatman, who is literally a dead skeleton. I thought something cool would happen. Turns out you can't date Sharon. Whatever. It's fine. Um, I love hearing this, though. Thank your you dad's a, Your dad's a huge jerk. Um, every character in this game is sexy. Um, we're going to do a spoiler cast about it, and I'm going to leave because Hades is my game of the year. It sounds like it's not yours, AJ. What a... What a disappointment. Bye. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Bye, Chris. I think we already knew that, didn't we? I mean, I think that he surprised me a little bit because I was I was expecting him to put Hades at like two or three. To be oh, honest I with for you. sure thought he was going to pick it. Really? For what? Well, he's been talking about that game lately. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you want to talk about Ghost of Shima now? Because I'm pretty sure that's our number one. I mean, I think you're up next. So, well, I yep. mean, hey, John. What did you pick? What do you think about what do you think of your number one game of the year is, John? Did you not pick it? Well, I'm okay. Uh, I'm picking Ghost of Tsushima for my 
my goatee. It's a good choice. Um, I think all the images I posted on Twitter speak for themselves that I was like enamored with how beautiful that world was. Um, I think I, I don't remember if we recorded this or not, but I think it was like, when I die, this is what I want heaven to look like is what Ghost of Tsushima oh, looks yeah. like. Because it's so beautiful and amazing. And that story, I was like, well, it's just going to be like a bland story that I'm not going to get into. And like, I, I don't think there was another, or I'm, well, maybe uh, Will of the Wisps was kind of like emotional for me, but this game by far struck me like the end of that game. I had to like take a minute before I did what I thought I would, what I should do. And like then the aftermath of it and like dealing with it. Um, do you think it's the story or the culture behind it? It's both. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the changing of the guard and like the idea of like certain people sometimes and I'm not trying to be like anti-elderly people but like sometimes people get stuck in their ways and like don't see that change is inevitable and rather than dealing with it and doing like being a positive force in the world regardless of like in lieu or with that change mm-hmm. and step with that change like and like rather than fighting against it all the time um I think that speaks to that idea speaks to a lot of things that we encounter in daily life like from day to day like i mean not to get overly political but like for gay marriage wasn't a thing like five years ago you know and some people are still like staunchly opposed to it for this or that reason and you know for no reason well right you know and it's just like it's this the story to me like kind of was the same idea of like changing of the guard and people being staunchly opposed to change for the sake that it doesn't agree with what they uh, want to believe in or whatever. So I don't know. I thought it was pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome. I actually never even really, I mean, obviously old dude is old in that fucking game. Let's be real. But like, I didn't really look at it that way at all. I was like looking more at like the game mechanics itself. Like, I don't know, man. Like, when... Alright, so, it's my turn, right? I'm picking Ghost of Tsushima 2, clearly, uh, as my number one. And I'm choosing it because of, like, the wind. And that sounds stupid, but, like, there has never been a game that has found such a perfectly functional and creative way to, like, bring you to the next objective other than that game. Because, like... You just swipe up on the D-pad if you're playing on PlayStation 4 or whatever that thing's called, the touchpad. And it just fucking tells you where to go, like with wind. (laughs) Like, how fucking awesome is that? And then, like, you add, you know, the horse. Um, I'm pretty sure that we've got to the point in this podcast that we're going to have to, like, warn about spoilers already. So, like, fuck, dude, when your horse dies... And, like, you're you're stuck with this, like, I don't even want to call it a shitty horse because it was, like, dependable, but it was, like, the, what, scrawly skag or something? Like, I don't know. The things that this game does are just, oh, oh man. Yeah. It's perfect. It's a perfect game. And that's why I chose it as my number one as well. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I never played it, but the, the preview that I watched looked fucking amazing. And... I wish I could play it. Dude, and there there's like these moments where it's like you versus this other person. Right? Like mm-hmm. when you're when you're uh in like a samurai fight basically. Yeah. And it almost turns into like uh Mortal Kombat for a second. Like it's left and right and it's like a fighting game for a minute, but you have swords. If you haven't played it, you got to play this fucking game. It's Ghost of Tsushima. I don't even know where we go from here. Angie, have you kept track of the points for our games by chance? I have, yeah. And um, looking at the points, looking what we what we have put out as our top games, um, <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima wins. Barely, by only six. What 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 was the next closest one? A tie for Final Fantasy VII Remake and Animal Crossing. 
Oh, I th- I feel like we did a pretty good job, guys. Yeah, I mean they're all pretty solid games in very very different ways. So that's what I kind of like like about that how it actually set up. So no good good sh- good uh, choices everybody for sure. Yeah, good shit as you wanted to say. Um, Maybe. So I feel like we're just like gonna have some fun talking about like some bullshit. Um, Angie, throw some quick honorable mentions out there. What do you got? Okay, so the honorable mentions were really hard for me to choose because there's so many games I really, really like, like a lot. But mm-hmm. um, so in in no order whatsoever, um, I will say Assassin's Creed Odyssey was one honorable mention really? I wanted to throw out there. I really loved that game. Dude, it's, it's such a good game, Cassandra. Please tell me you played as Cassandra. So first off, Origins was also really awesome because I loved I loved the the Egypt, like the history is amazing. Pyramids. I actually awesome. never played Origins, to be fair. Okay, it's yeah. a really fun game if yeah. you like that type time period, which I do. I'm fascinated with it, so I really loved that game actually. But Odyssey, I also really liked the the history of the Spartans and like all of those things. Cool. Um, but I first played as Alexios, first way through, and it. It was it was good. It was fun, and I'm playing it my second way through. I'm about halfway through with Cassandra. How much time do you have put in that game? A lot. Because I have like 190 hours into just Cassandra. Yeah. But I but I did go through like the like DLCs and stuff. Um, yes, same. I kind of wish we would have been able to um, like go further into it, but John, you just missed it, but. Uh, she was saying that one of her games of the year was Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Because I, I mean, I have like I'm with AJ. Like I have a hundred and some odd hours in that game, but I played like all, I finished all the DLC and whatnot. All right, Angie. What other honorable mentions do you have? Um, another one. I mean, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will say. It kind of is like a little tie, but Luigi's Mansion 3 and Link's Awakening for the Switch. Two very great games. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and besides those, one other one I had was um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. If you guys haven't played that one, that one is a fun game. I, I played the series. It's so much fun. Yeah. That game got a bad rap. I thought the third one was fun. Uh, yes, I agree. Well, all right. Did you cover your honorable mentions already? AJ? No. Um, I guess I'll, I will go next, and then John, you can follow me. Okay. My honorable mentions for this are Hades, of course. My honorable mentions is Hades. I couldn't fucking put... I couldn't find a reason to put that game in my top three. Also, my honorable mentions were AC Valhalla and John. I'm super glad that you fucking put it in because I was wavering between AC Valhalla and Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, like, the fact that we both chose opposite ones actually kind of was awesome. Yeah, I think it worked out well. I plan, I swear we didn't plan this beforehand. We kind of, uh, what do you call it, bamboozled everyone. <laughs> yes. It's true. It's true. I mean, everybody knew that I was choosing Ghost of... I've been saying since the game came out I was choosing that for that. I don't think it would be surprised to... Uh, my last honorable mention is Rocket League. Woohoo! I can't stop playing Rocket League, guys. Like, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I can't make it to gold. <laughs> like, I get to, I don't know. Let me be gold. What does it take? Like, what are you missing that you need? Points. The game is set up selfishly, dude. Like, it doesn't matter if you win. It matters if you score goals and hit the ball. So, like, if you're the person who actually, like, takes the time to, like, rotate back and just, like, pass the ball up, like, you might get, like, an assist or something. But, like, it doesn't even really fucking count. Like, it's, like, it doesn't give credit to the people who do the fucking dirty work. And that's something that pisses me off about that game. But also, it's really fun. (laughs) It's oddly addictive, right? Everybody I know, like, when it came out, you should play Rocket League, you should play Rocket League. I haven't played it until I just got it on my Switch. And it's been fun, actually. It's weirdly addictive. 
Dude, send me your epic idea. I'll fucking play with you. But like, yes, because it's, it's cross-platform on everything now too. That's on everything, dude. And you know what is awesome about it is that this year, so Epic bought them, and like, it just like naturally integrated my profile onto it. So like, the two became one, and it, it, it amazed me because like, I didn't have to do anything. Like, I didn't even have to log into an email. I just turned fucking rocket league on on my switch and my playstation car was there yeah that's pretty fascinating man it's like what we think of when we think of the future at least epic is staying true to their game man like they're saying that's what they um want and they're staying true to it because they're making that uh cross-platform no joke i think i'll actually finish hades now that uh i can cross save on my from my epic account to my Switch. yeah dude wow what a year and what a bunch of games that we got to play what a fucked up year too though yeah um your three i mean that's my three okay my three are Chris's. um Final hold on did we mention chris's chris mentioned his own right? yeah, yeah he, he did, did already chris okay <laughs> um mine are Seven in no particular order, by the way. Um, yeah, order is unnecessary as well. Um, Final Fantasy Seven, for all the reasons that you and Chris have already mentioned, and I, yeah, remake. Since we're not, dude, that's important because I didn't say that on a podcast before. Yeah, and it fused me while I was listening to my own stuff. <laughs> well, and especially when since we're not. Um, like holding a stipulation for time of year or whatever for that it must be released this year then um like i feel like that could be really messy when the aliens yeah. are listening to this in 300 years in the future they'll be really confused um for all the reasons you folks already mentioned and i don't really i never played the original so i can't compare it to that but i do think it's cool how they're remaking the story and that the I don't know. It's not just completely re- like updating the graphics and gameplay and stuff. They're like redoing the story. I think is awesome. And then Half Life Alex. Um, this made my honorable mentions mostly because I was the only one that played it, so I knew it wasn't going to have any chance at winning. Um, but that game is, uh, I think, how games should be in VR. Granted, I don't I haven't played every VR game, but as far as gameplay goes, I've never felt more in tune with the world in VR than I have in that game. Interesting. Yeah. And then Hades was my other honorable mention. Because I did think that game was... You only put that on there for Chris. Yeah, I think you might be kind of right. Because I did have fun. Have you ever played a game that you have fun playing it while you're playing it? But then when you put it down, you're not like, you're like I could never play that game again and I would be fine. Like, yeah, The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Or, uh, All right. That that was that's Hades to me, and I keep wanting. I'm pretty sure I will go back to it just because now I I'll be able to play it on Switch, and uh, also just because of the I feel like it's kind of a game I should play as much as possible because it's so well renowned or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. it definitely fits the role of like well this it's fun while i'm playing it but it's i don't think about it when i'm not playing it i guess so (laughs) well everybody that does it for our show today i would like to thank angie for keeping the score for these things angie do you actually you already told us we had the winners yep winner ghost of ghost of shishima Number two and three are tied, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Animal Crossing. Oh, sweet. I think that's a pretty solid list. Can you please let us know where we can find you on the internet? At Stellar Smalls, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you. You can find me at AJID on Twitter. You can find Chris occasionally at VGOKERFER. Once again, if you want to contribute to the content, you can send emails to podcast at mostnormalgamers.com. Follow us on Twitter at M and gamers podcast sign up for the newsletter and also give us five stars
since you wanted to skip me, I'm actually on tonight on the question. What's that? <laughs> yes. AJ skipped and me. he's right. Most normal questions. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't know if we actually had one, so I just posted something on Twitter, and I wondered if people listened to music when they were gaming. Because I used to, with certain games, not all games, but certain ones back in the day. So it was interesting. We'll figure that out next week. Yes. In the meantime, go play some games. Or AJ gets early. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>